to Steam State of Mind, your favorite source for all things Steam education. Steam State of Mind. This isn't just science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. It's a state of mind, a different way to approach education in the classroom. Steam State of Mind. Enjoy these conversations with educators, students, and community members as we explore what it means to be in a Steam State of Mind. Steam State of Mind. <laughs> Hi, welcome to another session of Steam State of Mind podcast. I'm Carrie. Hi, and I'm Burn. And we are here at Orchard Park Elementary School here in Kettering. And congratulations to Mickey Ambrose, our principal here, and to Cambry Borchers, one of our wonderful teachers, on your National Blue Ribbon School designation. So that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, and I'm really excited um, about this podcast because not only... Um, does the entire staff in this entire school um, deserves this award? But there was a lot of hard work that went into, you know, um, accepting the award and all of this stuff. And we're going to be talking about that. And also, what's really cool is that, you know, part of this award was because they have a steam state of mind. Absolutely. That is something that we are super proud of here at, at Orchard Park and all the projects that you have done over the years. You kind of were one of our sort of founding schools that worked with Burn on STEAM projects with your students. And certainly that um, became part of this whole uh, application process for your Blue Ribbon School designation. Absolutely, Carrie. And we have really enjoyed, and so have our students and staff, enjoyed creating the gardens here at Orchard Park. So, you know, um, something, let's, let's just go back to the beginning of this whole, you know, process of being a Blue Ribbon School. How did you find out about it or what, what was it that, you know, like, oh, we're a Blue Ribbon School. We've been nominated. I mean, what was that? I'll tell you, it was an interesting process and we were actually notified by our school superintendent who walked in one day and asked me if I was sitting and um, <laughs> I uh, all, all knew instantly that something um, must be happening and um, he proceeded to tell me that Orchard Park was actually nominated as a National Blue Ribbon School of Excellence. Now, there's a whole process that you have to go through. Um, once the Ohio Department of Education notifies a superintendent, then there's an actually an application process that you have to go through. Um, so we went through the application process, which took about three months. And I remember. Part, yes, <laughs> you were part, a huge part of that, that process. Um, all of the staff members were divided into groups, and we tackled the long um, application process, and we filled out the information for the Ohio Department of Education, returned it back to the committee. They then review the applications. It takes about three months for um, the committee to look through the applicants and then to decide if they are going to choose your school as a National Blue Ribbon School of Excellence. And we were notified, um, it was the end of August 
actually um, that we were indeed chosen as a National Blue Ribbon School of Excellence um, under exemplary high-performing schools. And so, as I said, it was a collaborative effort. Um, Every staff member had a part in completing the application process, and every staff member had a part in getting our nomination. Well, uh, let's dig a little bit deeper in that because the the National Blue Ribbon School program is a program of the United States Department of Education and then the Ohio Department of Education, if um, I understand correctly from chatting with you and Camry before we started, can nominate 16 schools. So they want to be sure that they're nominating schools that are deserving of this and that are going to actually get that designation. So um, that's partly why this, I think, application process is so intense and so detailed. So let's talk maybe, um, Cambry and Mickey, about what were some of the things that you were asked to kind of put down on paper in terms of what Orchard Park is doing to deserve that exemplary high-performing um, school designation from, from our National uh, Department of Education. Well, as you mentioned, Carrie, um, it was actually created back in 1982, and it includes over 9,000 schools in the state of Ohio. And these are parochial, private schools, public schools. It, uh, the nominations can come from elementary, middle, and high schools as well. Um, Um, And the thing about what is so amazing is that if you are chosen, then we are in the one percentile of states that have been recognized throughout the United States. So we are... I I, want to... You you just kind of brush through that like, oh, no big (laughs) deal. You know, hold it. Can you explain to me in more detail about, you know, so we... Orchard Park didn't nominate itself or the superintendent didn't nominate you or you didn't whatever how you got you were considered by the state of Ohio as being Orchard Park as being like the top one percent of all the schools of what however many schools are in the state of Ohio and they notified you saying hey you guys are the cream of the crop and you guys are going to we want you, you know, nominate you to be selected as a Blue Ribbon School. Is that correct? All right, we're going to take a little break from the podcast because I wanted to um, talk a little bit more about um, the the National Blue Ribbon School Program. And so it was created in 1982. The National Blue Ribbon School Program recognizes public, parochial, and private learning facilities from across the country as nominated by the chief educational officer in each state for public schools or the Council for American Private Education for private and parochial schools. Schools can be recognized for a Blue Ribbon School Award in one of two performance categories, high achievement as measured by state assessments or nationally normed tests, and greatest advancement in closing achievement gaps. All right, back to the podcast. You are correct. And I have to give a huge plug as well to Indian Ripple because um, a few years prior to us receiving this nomination, they have also been chosen as a, a National Blue Ribbon School of Excellence. And Indian Ripple is another Kettering Elementary School. 
Correct. And the amazing thing is to have two elementary buildings for any district um, in the state of Ohio or anywhere to actually be nominated um, for a National Blue Ribbon School of Excellence is just a huge achievement. So we also have to give not only a huge shout out to the Orchard Park and all of our staff and the community, but to our Indian Riffle um, staff members as well and um, our entire community, Kettering community, for supporting us and helping us to be National Blue Ribbon School of Excellence schools um, uh, here in Kettering. A large part of our questions, Carrie, you had asked about um, what went into the application and all of that. And there was, it was very long. I think Mickey understated that. It was super <laughs> long um, and very, very detailed. Um, but um, a larger portion of our application had to do with how our school responded during COVID. That was a, a sort of subcategory that they had added in um, and I really hope that w they will never have to add that in again. Yeah. <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope you were unique. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and so really, you know, diving into um, how at Orchard Park, how um, we collaborate with families and engage students um, and serve all students at their level and at their needs. So it was just really kind of an um, as a staff member here to kind of reflect and be very um, intentional about uh, the work that we do and identifying that um, I think was a, a really awesome experience too, just having to take that critical look and also kind of say like, hey, you know, maybe we're doing a, we're doing a good job. Yeah, and I think um, I'm just going to piggyback on that, too, because um, I was part of the writing up the application and stuff like that. And I think what was really cool about doing that, yes, it was a lot of work, and yes, it was a pain sometimes, you know. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is that when you, teachers were allowed to reflect and to look back at, like, oh, my God, we are doing some pretty cool things, and we're doing a lot of great things that really helped with that, which we've talked a lot about before, that teacher efficacy you know, in a collective teacher efficacy, like, wow, this is pretty cool what we're doing. We did it, you know, so. You were right, Byrne. Um, it did give us time to reflect. Um, so, so many times we get busy throughout the day and we don't even realize just all of the amazing things that we do here with Kettering City Schools. Yep. So we then filled out the application. We were nominating stuff like that. And then... Surprise! What happened? We were actually then notified um, um, by the U.S. Department of Education. Mr. Cardona actually sent us a letter uh, notifying us that we were indeed chosen as a high-performing school. And um, from there, we had a community celebration at, at the arena. And um, then in November... We were um, asked to attend a celebration, and it included all um, the award winners, and we were given a certificate and our award. So from there, um, this year, um, when we just returned from a trip to Disney in Florida, where we were asked to present about our garden project that we are doing here at Orchard Park. And that was not to underestimate that I, either. That was burn you 
And Mickey got to go. You actually were asked to go and report on the garden project here, which was one of the STEAM projects you've worked on with students here. Yes. So talk about that a little bit. And what was really cool about, you know, that whole thing and and what Cambry was saying is that, you know, we started that whole collaboration um, with all the staff members and everybody and with Trader Joe's, um, which is our STEAM partner here at Orchard Park. Um, prior to the outbreak of COVID. And so it was that fall of 2018 that we went ahead and we said, you know, hey, we want to do this. And we, I mean, we had this huge, big plan collaboration and getting the students all involved and all that stuff. Well, what was so interesting, well, what's amazing to me is that Orchard Park continued even after the school was shut down and we accomplished in, you know, building and engineering this whole garden that included all schools. And so that was, or not all schools, that included all grade levels. And it was an integrated effort with the standards and everything. So that was pretty cool. And that was recognized by the committee and by the um, National Blue Ribbon um, where they wanted to, sh- they wanted us to share that at their national conference. Now you say it was in Disney. Yes, we did go to Disney just a couple of weeks ago, and it was beautiful <laughs> weather. It was, and it was. Let me tell you, eighty degrees, sunshine every day, and we were inside a lot of the time. Nobody got tan. I was gonna say, nobody got tan. Working and yeah. you yes. were presenting and, and but we, sharing. It was absolutely amazing experience because not you know. Okay, so we went to Disney in the evening. We will have to admit, yes, we did have fun in the evenings. But during the day, we attended the conference, and we learned so much. And it was an amazing experience. Re-energizing, I think. I mean, just, yeah. I'm, not only for us to, I mean, we, we presented on the second day of the conference, um, but then attending all the keynotes and the individual sessions, I think it you know, was really encouraging for us to kind of um, have the feedback we received after we presented. We had a lot of really positive feedback from um, the attendees. And then just um, being a part of different sessions was um, really re-energizing and exciting and kind of refresh. Let's back up a little bit to when you guys, maybe to help our audience understand, what, what is it that makes a National Blue Ribbon Exemplary School. What is it as a teacher? What is it as a principal? What are some of the things that um, you can look to and say, you know what, in in reflecting and in going through this application process, in getting the opportunity to present to others about what we're doing here, what is it that makes Orchard Park an exemplary Blue Ribbon School? In my opinion, Carrie, I think the biggest thing is that collaboration piece. I truly believe that whether um, we're talking from kindergarten through fifth grade, it takes the entire team working together and collaborating together to meet all of our students' needs. And I'm fortunate that here at Orchard Park, we truly do have a special group of people that really want to do what's best for for our students. And not only that, collaborating amongst uh, the staff, 
but it's collaborating with our parents, collaborating with the local community, uh, businesses. So that's what truly makes this a special place. Um, it's that warm and inviting environment that we want to create when someone walks into the building. Um, but it is, it's, it boils down to that collaboration piece and a lot of hard work from staff, parents, and local businesses collaborating with us. And Camry, what when you're looking at, you know, you, you look out at your class of, you know, 20, 22 kids, and as a teacher, what what do you do? What do you say to yourself, this is how I'm going to differentiate so that I can meet the needs of every child in my classroom? Because that really, I think, is what leads to... Um, you know, the kinds of accolades you're getting as a Blue Ribbon School, um, what our, our, our district um, was able to do on our state report card in terms of closing the gap and an achievement for students. So how, how do you, as a teacher, make that happen in your classroom and, and your fellow teachers here? Because I know you all collaborate and work hard to make sure that you're doing that across the grade levels. Yeah, I think that there's not one easy answer. Um, but I think at the heart of it is just to really spend time and get to know my kids um, and the kids of the entire grade level. Um, we spend time, um, Burn comes and we get the whole fourth grade together, um, including... Um, and some of our resource rooms that we have. Yeah, so she joins us our fourth grade um, and really allowing um, that time to get to know all of the kiddos and kind of what makes, what's motivating to them, um, spending small group time, getting to know their individual needs. And then, you know, we have a large group of staff members who um, are able to spend that time reviewing each child where they are. Um, our titles team is amazing. Our intervention team is wonderful. Um, and everyone is equally as invested in the students. So I think, you know, just really, like Mickey said, collaboration is huge. Um, so in my own room, I, it's not just me in here. Um, and also working with families at home, um, love the constant communication to kind of um, make sure that we're reinforcing the same things and um, and that students know that whether they're at home or at school or in an intervention group or at specials, that they are um, important and they are um, wanted here and that they are, um, you know, they have they have cheerleaders here. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to um, continue with that, um, the, the big thing, even with the gardens, um, when we did the garden project here, it was a collaborative effort where we worked together and it was across all grade levels and that cooperation between the teams and understanding what every team and grade level is going to be doing and participating because what one team, what one grade level did affected what another grade level was able to accomplish mm-hmm. and the timing and all of that stuff and working together and collaborating. And it was that community, you know, that um, was established. And, and that kind of brings up this next um part that I really want to emphasize, um, because I, I, we talked a little bit about this, but, you know, we were at this convention or conference, whatever you want to call it, um, with these high 
achieving schools and like the cream of the crop. And we had amazing keynote speakers and session. I mean, it was just absolutely like, you know, it was rejuvenating. It was just like, oh my God. Um, and there was a common theme I, mm-hmm. I felt across the board. There were several, there were three major things that I felt was um, a common theme. Now, I'm not going to say what I think yet, but I'm going to let them, <laughs> put them on the spot. I know I'm going to put them <laughs> on the spot. And what, what do you guys consider to be the three of all these high achieving um, schools? What was the three things that you felt put them that was common theme across the board with them? Number one, collaboration would have to be um, one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Collaboration, um, definitely. Connection and consistency, in my mind, Ed. That, that was a very common thread through. And it was funny because the some of the sessions, obviously, we weren't going to know what the keynotes were going to say. And so in so many of the smaller sessions, they said, well, that was a perfect segue into what I'm talking yeah. about because, you know, in, I think it became very apparent that in all of these high performing schools that, um, collaboration, consistency across grade levels, what I mean by consistency and connection to, um, students and families and community. And I personally, I thought culture was the huge, like developing a culture in your community, in your school. And I feel that when you walk in Orchard Park, you know, there's a positive culture. Like, you know, like the one keynote speaker, you know, was saying, like, when you walk into a building, you can feel it. And you really do. You know, you know, when a school has positive culture, even the outside appearance of a school, you know, if there's pride in that. And you guys won in the community a couple of years ago. We did. Yes, you guys even won the um, beautification award for the community. And that was pretty cool. But that shows that culture, building that culture and that pride and stuff. And so there was another one that, I mean, I hope that they agree with me on this, but you don't have to. But I think we all agree. They all was that consistency of the STEAM state of mind. Absolutely. And that whole, like there was STEAM education and that state of mind of the critical thinking and the kids being highly engaged and that type of thing. They didn't talk about like, this is the program we used or this is the whatever. It was all about developing that culture, that collaboration and that steam state of mind Mm -hmm. across the board. And that was that consistency comes from too. You're right. And Bern, you bring up a really good point. You know, as they mentioned, even our keynote speakers, how every child learns differently. And um, so that's what that STEAM integration really does help our students to make that connection to whatever standard um, that we are trying to teach in our classrooms. So that was, you're exactly right. That was one of the big takeaways as well is just how to integrate that STEAM education in each building. And I think that, you know, that that STEAM state of mind, you know, you talk about collaboration. I I know... um, that, that we're talking kind of about that in terms of collaboration across the board with staff and with families. But it's so wonderful to watch our students when they're engaged in these STEAM activities, the collaboration and the teamwork hmm. that, that they bring to the table as well. And sort of the aha moments when they realize that if we work together, you know, we can accomplish so much more. Yeah. 
And that really truly is what STEAM education is all about, is that teamwork, that collaboration, that problem solving, that working together. And, um, you know, that, so that, that you know, these, these big C's, I think, aren't just amongst our staff and community and families, but then amongst and between our students as well. And I think that really um, sort of is why this culture hmm. is such an amazing culture here at Orchard Park and why it is a National Blue Ribbon culture because of that collaboration with the students as well and, and the STEAM integration that we have here. Yes. Absolutely. And we have to give a huge shout out to Trader Joe's as well. Yes. Um, we could not have made this possible um, without them. Um, they helped us throughout the summer with watering. They just creating the entire gardens. So it's collaborating with our community businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, they were phenomenal. And, you know, I... I think we assume everybody knows what the garden project is, but maybe a 30-second just description burn because this was kind of your brainchild and you brought it here and then it kind of grew into what it is now with the help and the collaboration of the staff and students and families and Trader Joe and the community. So talk a little bit about what that garden project really is. So, I mean, the the garden project is really um, something that um, was is a highly engaging way to get students involved in learning about their food and where it comes from. And, you know, so the, the big talk around the, you know, the, the buzzword or whatever is like the farm to table kind of thing. Um, and so that was kind of the, what brought this all about. And then, you know, so yes, I kind of like was guiding it or whatever. And we actually built, the gardens out of, you know, cinder blocks and we had dirt delivered and we had the um, volunteers from Trader Joe's and the community members helping build it and engineering it. But what was really cool about the whole thing is that the students had the voice. The students were the ones that chose, okay, how is this going to look? Where are we going to put the garden? Where are we going? What are we going to plant? What's the nutrients? How are we going to come up with a plan of taking care of it during the summer? The students had the voice and they were the ones that kind of guided us in how we were going to do the gardens. And what's really cool is that it's still evolving and it's still growing. So we still, we have um, five beds out there, five nice size um, beds and, um, and actually six because one was a pollinator garden. Um, and, but what's really cool is that it's still evolving. Like uh, this year they're taking on a whole new like approach to it because they're like, okay, we want to do more harvesting in the spring and in the fall. And so now they're doing, and we got master gardens, gardeners involved and from the state, from the Ohio state, um, university and, you know, just that whole community part. And the students are now talking about, well, okay, what can we do with spring planting and winter planting or in fall planting? Yeah. Is that how it, yeah. Something like that. And, yeah. So it's going to be, it's like, it's, so it's just constantly, in yeah, <laughs> uh, it's constantly growing and evolving. And so what we, how we started it, it's not exactly the way it is right now, but that's great because it's still continuous collaboration and, evolving things than it's student-led. 
And we also had an author to come. And so that was really interesting. He creates um, different books um, regarding or surrounding gardens. And so the students enjoyed listening to our author who will return this year. And the, the integration part of that, you know, with the language arts, I mean, it involved, you know, developing this garden involved, you know, like field trips to Trader Joe's and the science standards and the um, um, social studies standards and the reading standards and the writing standards and the math standards. Buying I mean, the plants everything. and the seeds and the, you know, oh, the Oh, yeah. The we talked about the economics and the... You know, the, the how much, you know, the students had to figure out, well, how much soil are we going to need to fill? You know, what's the volume? They figured out the volume and what to order and what it was going to cost. It was just, it was pretty cool across the board. And in my mind, like, right, that sounds like fifth grade, right? That's fourth grade. No, we're talking kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way down to kindergarten, they were the ones who initially did, you know, picture book and research and came up with a list of plants after visiting Trader Joe's. Um, they came up with a list and then based on what little tiny baby kindergartners, <laughs> what they chose, then the school voted based on that. And then, you know, it kind of builds from there. But when Burns says everybody, every single grade level is involved and, um, I think that's what makes it so special. And it builds, um, you know, I teach fourth grade. And so coming from when my students have had all the way, you know, well, they weren't kindergartners. No, they were kindergartners. They were the first group of kindergartners here. That was them. Um, So, uh, but, you know, knowing what they have experienced and then just building on that is kind of a really very unique opportunity um, that I hope more schools will also get to be a part of. And I think what's really neat, just to piggyback on what you said, Cambry, um, some of the things that we heard at the conference, and we had um, someone that was more in a rural area that said that they were interested in starting a garden project in their building, but we also had suburban school, and there was an urban school, and it was really Hmm. interesting, Byrne, if you want to tell them about, because they were talking about really not having the space to have a larger garden and um, we talked about how they could actually start a garden project in their building yeah and so and that's something that we do here at orchard park too at the first grade here because the first grade what they do is they um, part of their standards is they have to learn what what do plants need in order to survive and so you know the light the water the air the nutrients the space and all this stuff and so um, uh, you know, what we did is, um, we, um, purchased through, um, Dorwood Optimus, um, I have to give them a shout, the Optimus group, um, they purchased these aeroponic tower gardens. And so the kids, we, in the, in the wintertime, okay, there we go, the wintertime planning, <laughs> we were, um, we grow plants, um, in these aeroponic gardens. And so, um, and they really grow. I mean, the, it's amazing how, you know, how much lettuce and food we can grow with these aeroponic gardens. And so we talked about that with these urban um, schools about, yes, you can still do gardening and do these things through different techniques and technology. And so you integrated the technology into in the aeroponic systems. So it's pretty cool. 
Well, we had the aeroponic, and then we actually tested and yeah. planted some <laughs> in soil as well to see which plants would actually grow better. And we found that the aeroponics, they get actually, they were larger than those that we planted in the soil. Yeah. And, and it was it was a really cool comparison and stuff. But then the pandemic hit the first year when we did it, and then Mickey took home the plant, took care of the plants <laughs> yes, I and did. the soil. Like, who gets to, who gets I took to care of the hamster home. <laughs> and I believe I won. And yeah, My plants uh, she got did. Larger she's than a yours. much better green thumb than I have. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I'm not surprised. No, no, that. she's good at everything. So, so how do you? You know, how do you top this? Or how do you continue to have a culture of um, exemplary, high-performing classrooms and a school? What, what are your, you I'll know, you, wh- what do you do to make it continue and to grow? Uh, well, we just keep doing what we're doing. Yep. And so every day is a new day. And as I said, I've got an unbelievable group of staff members that truly care about their students. So it is, it's coming in and doing what we do every day. Our motto, Carrie, is OUNST, OP, AKA, which stands for outstanding people making a difference every day. So we don't always see it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I can uh, truly tell you that we're not always skipping down the halls, but <laughs> it is just working with each other and knowing that, hey, if it is a bad day, you've got a teacher next door that just can give you a simple smile that can help you through um, whatever the situation is. And it is caring about the students that walk into our classrooms. Now, Mickey's making it sound so simple, but it's not. And, you know, when you're working on a culture, it is a constant day-to-day thing that you have to be aware of and you have to be there. Because, you know, I've been part of a school or part of schools that, you know, something happens or whatever, and the culture just completely turns quickly you know, it's hard to gain that back. You know, it takes a lot of time. It's easy for a culture to go bad quickly. It's harder to build it back up. And so they work on this every day. And Mickey does it. They have community meetings every morning. They have, um, they set up like, you know, the staff data team meetings where the teachers get together and they collaborate and come up with, you know, what's best for the kids. They do a lot of things that there can, you know, Mickey keeps, Mickey said that she just, just keep doing what we're doing. Well, yes, but that's work and that's challenging and keeping everybody on that positive. I mean, she's constantly buying everybody these t-shirts and these jackets and these whatever, just to keep morale up. And I'm sure Cambry can add to that too. No, I'm glad that you, you know, because I said, well, I think Mickey's being a little modest. I think it has a lot to do with our leadership and kind of feeling supported and encouraged. And, you know, it's easy to um, kind of, like Byrne said, just for one thing to kind of take a turn and Mickey is steering the ship in the right direction. So well, it's easy to do with you guys. And as I said, when, when you have um, teachers that do care about their students that are in their classrooms and really want to do what's best for them, it does make it uh, easier. And um, so it is, it's, it's all about having fun. Hmm. And yep. we have to remember that as well um, for 
teachers need to have fun. Students need to have fun. Um, and that's what we're trying to do here at Orchard Park. Well, and Mickey is famous for saying, I want everybody to laugh every day. <laughs> that's, that is she, true. She that's that is motto true. as well. Yeah. I, and it, you know what? You, you have the seal on your building that is evidence of what you guys have done to earn that incredible designation as an exemplary Blue Ribbon School. You had people at the national level coming to you, asking you, how do you do it? So that is certainly um, an, an amazing just way to, to know that you got to be doing something right here at Orchard Park because you've got the seal to prove it and you've got people asking you, what are you doing there? We want to we replicate that in our school. So that's pretty awesome. Well, thank you, and we all thank you here at Orchard Park because it is. It's a collaborative effort, and um, we're just going to keep doing what we do, and that's care about our students. So keep it up, right? Exactly. Yep, they're amazing. I love Orchard Park. I love Kettering, all schools of Kettering, of course, but it's been Well, we fun. are talking to Orchard Park, so it's we okay are, to yeah, say We are, yeah, so I can emphasize them right now. Right. Yeah. When I get over at another school for the next you know, podcast, I'll say I love the school, too, yeah, just to make it easier. As long right. as you love us best. That's okay. okay. <laughs> and, well, I'm going to book your calendar solid. You know, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have to share burn around the district, don't we? Darn. <laughs> Well, before we close, Coach Schwederman, I do have a question from Vicki. We always try to have a little question to close out the podcast. How does personalized learning relate to the STEAM state of mind? Okay, uh, Vicki, that is a great question. And this is something that um, this year um, another school has really taken the initiative of you know, learning more about personalized learning. And we're actually getting trained and being part of a, um, a program that is being um, supplemented and provided by the state of Ohio. And so um, we are really working hard and getting a better understanding of personalized learning and what it's all about, what it entails and that type of thing. And so what I can say is like, what we just talked about with Orchard Park, that was really a lot of personalized learning because we allowed the kids to have a voice and a choice. We allowed the kids to drive what we are trying to do here at Orchard Park with the gardens and with other, not just the gardens. We talked about the gardens a lot, but a lot of things. And that personalized learning is where you're taking the kids, you know, where they are, what their interests are. You get to know them, like Cambry said, you really get to know the kids. And in a STEAM state of mind, when you set up that positive culture where you're getting to know the kids and where their interests are and giving them a voice and a choice and um, establishing these highly engaging things that they want to do and that they're involved in, we're not just um, asking them to regurgitate information. We're not just giving them things, you know, worksheets to do and stuff like that that the students are actively engaged in their learning and they have a choice and a voice. Now, I'm going to say that, am I an expert yet at personalized learning? No, but maybe that can be a podcast next year with the team of people who are, we're working on learning more about the um, personalized learning and maybe we can get some people from the state of Ohio to be a part of the podcast. Um, but the bottom line is, is that, um, you know, they go hand in hand, STEAM state of mind and personalized learning. 
because it's all about that culture and it's all about the students being highly engaged and being invested in their own education. And making those connections as well, Bern, to having the student to be able to make those connections so that they can understand um, whatever standard that the teacher is teaching. And so that that connection piece is just huge. And that's what STEAM allows um, teachers and students to do is make those connections to their um, whatever their background knowledge so they can retain that information. Yeah, definitely. And what's really kind of cool about that, too, is um, like with the gardens, you know, I would love to take a survey of how many kids in Orchard Park have now engineered their own gardens at their homes and how they, you know, that would be a really cool thing to find out too, because, you know, that's personalized too. They, they're taking it and they're using it in the real world, in that real world application. And that's what STEAM is all about. And I think I told you, Bern, about um, the first time, the first year that we actually planted tomatoes, Hmm. uh, the small tomatoes in our garden. And at recess, now these are fourth grade students. They actually thought that the small tomatoes were um, grapes. They had no idea. So it just, we automatically at times just assume that students know exactly, you know, how the tomatoes get into the grocery store or how they are grown. So that was eye-opening that students had no idea. They were, they even said, can we eat these? Absolutely. Go in and wash them (laughs) and you can eat them. And, uh. But it is, it's interesting. It, it does, it's that hands-on learning that helps our students to experience the things that we just at times automatically assume that they already know. So, yeah. So, Carrie, this has been another outstanding conversation. That's, Absolutely. I love doing these podcasts. Thank you, Mickey and Cambry. This has been so fun to kind of revisit your journey to a National Blue Ribbon School and then also the many things you're doing to continue to, to be just the great school that you are for your students and your families. Yeah, and thank you guys for letting me be part of your positive culture and being part of the school because it's just a great place to be. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you and Camry for doing an outstanding job and showing just the great things we're doing here at Orchard Park. All right. We'll see you next time for Steam State of Mind.